Thank you for tuning in on Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with Comic Sam Sherwood. Sam Sherwood, how the hell are you? Doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, good. Thanks so much for coming on because we're following you during the quarantine. You're putting some stories on your Instagram. You were Sam Sherwood underscore at Instagram and also Sam Sherwood underscore at Twitter. Yep, that's me just kind of hanging out on Instagram doing stories and posting tweets. That's all I got going on right now. And you might have a podcast coming out soon. And I guess it's uh, so it's in the works. What you know, it's going to be Sam Sherwood's unique take on everything and kind of what can what kind of details are you ironing out? Like what what platforms to be on, et cetera. Yep. So it's, I'm really working on like a video podcast kind of thing, thinking yeah. about YouTube, maybe IGTV, um, some gaming clips, some hot takes, kind of whatever, just my personality coming through to the internet. Um, kind of held off on it for a while just because I felt like everybody was releasing a podcast, you know, especially yes. comedians. I love what you're doing. You're taking <laughs> off some just, you know, New exactly. York City comics, show, <laughs> shining some light on them. But for me, I didn't really want to just do the same thing as everyone else. So yeah. held off for a little bit, but now we're coming strong at them. Yeah, I think if you do all the mediums, like you said, I mean, you, you listed a bunch. And if you're just doing every single one, especially if you're on things like you know, Twitch or YouTube doing gaming. Um, I know Kyle Lewis does some gaming. Uh, right. Some gaming stuff, which I like a lot. And so uh, so if you're doing all those things, especially you need video because Sam Sherwood's a good looking cat. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm thinking about naming it the Sam Sherwood Show. Keep it pretty simple. Triple S. Yes, triple S. And, yeah, because S, yeah, the SS is taken. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. That's, that's, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, the SS. And uh, yeah, so what are, you know, what are some of the gaming things that you're seeing? I just downloaded Kingdom, what? Kingdom Crusaders 3, which just came out. Like, what? And I think it's, you know, War Game and things like that. I also right. do, you know, NBA 2K and Mad oh, and yeah. Grand Theft Auto and, um, well, the civiliz- civilization six so what kind of games are you into and what uh, what yeah. goes into like are you good at them and what you know would you be a, <laughs> a comic a comic tape and take at you being inept at something or are you being amazing at it uh it's a little bit of both me thinking i'm amazing but you know in the reality <laughs> i'm not a big virgin so i'm not that good at the games uh yeah. just losing to a lot of 12 year olds mostly but yeah a lot of fortnite call of duty Warzone, uh the pretty sheepish games that everyone plays now i kind of hop on but uh it's really just you know we play for like 12 hours a day now, me and the little crew that I have and yeah. whatever. We go on rants, all these kind of things. So I just figure might as well take some of that, cut it up and put it out. And if yes. there's a good good gameplay in there, might as well <laughs> throw that out there too. The rare times we get some kills or whatever, you know. And people are just going to see those clips and be like, first of all, he's hilarious. But second of all, he's pretty good at this game. Yeah, and you're like, exactly. This is 12 seconds out of 12 hours, dude. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If only you knew how long it took to get this one kill. It would be a sad experience. But that's cool, because yeah, then people following you or watching your stories or whatever, IGTV or whatever the fuck it is, they're going to be like, I know whatever he posts is either going to be funny, a comic fail, or just an amazing kill that he can't exactly. believe that he did. So it'll be consistent yeah. to them. It'll be inconsistent for you, because you're doing 12 hours of hit and miss, you know. but to them <laughs> it'll be consistent comedy content. Yeah, absolutely. That's fucking cool. Like, you know, is there anything about gaming that lends itself well to stand up comedy? You know, have you kind of, are are you, you know, are you good at, you know, why are you good at stand up and and does that make you good or bad at gaming? 
Uh, I think I'm good at stand-up just because I grew up with divorced parents. So that's always a big positive. <laughs> trying to trying to read that little room, whatever, as a seven-year-old now, it's pretty easy to read a bigger room. You know what I mean? Uh, um, and in terms of games, I just think it's just practice like anything else. You know, whatever. This guy, you know, Ninja, the, the pretty famous gamer? No. He was just, uh, whatever. He's a pretty famous streamer, gamer. He's, oh, whatever, sure. signed contracts like $30 million this year. Oh, he always yeah. talks about just putting the time in and people shit on him. But it's true. You know, you game for 12 hours a day. You're going to be a little bit better than you were before. And that's just like, like anything else. Like stand up. If in New York you hit three mics a night, you're going to get a lot better after a while. Exactly. Exactly. That's what's beautiful about the city. Although, I don't know, really. I haven't been there in a couple months, but the it's mic still, scene was beautiful before oh yeah it's here it's waiting for you and i think they're doing you know mics in the park and stuff like that and you right, know I although see all of that yeah reading the room is no longer the same because you're reading the park, <laughs> you're reading the park and you're right. there was actually i think J john marco Cerezi was talking about he had a show and within stone's throw of that show in the park there was a mic at the park that he was trying to sign up for so he was trying oh, to coordinate wow. the spots and they were like right. that's awesome you know, that is cool that's what's beautiful yeah. about the city for sure so yeah. many opportunities but you're still going to have to commute via, you know, virus infested fucking trains and shit. <laughs> I know. I know. Although, How about that? you know, it's interesting. I never stopped taking the train. I was, I got fired from my sales job uh, over Zoom. Actually, a little bit of a funny story. In March, I got fired from my sales job. And on the Zoom, they, they give you a work email address. And mid Zoom, they deactivated it. So I actually got kicked out of the Zoom while I was being fired and had to rejoin with my personal email. It was one of the most tragic things I've ever had to do. That's a funny. And the fact yeah. that you're dutiful enough to rejoin, you should at that point, you should like, fuck it, right? The writing's on the wall. I don't have to well, rejoin. Well, I, I thought maybe they were going to give me some type of severance package when I rejoined, but that just never happened. It was just a big old fuck you and see you later. That's so. fucking hilarious. So is that going to be a bit on stage? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, everything is a bit on stage. I try and bring every kind of personal situation to the stage that, you know, whatever is personal to me and that no one else can talk about. I think those are always the best jokes. And I'm more of a storyteller in general. So that definitely yeah. suits its hand for me. Yeah, I wanted to explore that a little bit because, you know, I was talking with um, Barry Doherty early on and he fucking mm. wrote comedy books that were forwarded by fucking Richard Pryor and shit like this right. guy at, the, at the Friars Club. So this guy's a big fucking writer. And I was, you know, you know, kind of grilling him on whether or not stories can be stories can be funny because there was this Judy Carter book that says like I think it's old school stand up comedy book. Judy Carter, who said like stories can't be funny or something. But right. these people like Melania and Berbiglia coming out with some, you know, hilarious stories. And yeah. so, you know, how'd you get into kind of stories of the way to go, especially in the context of the fact that you started young when you're 18 and you took a couple years off? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just think when I started, I was doing kind of hacky stuff. I had a, I've always had this great stage presence. I'm not really sure where it came from. I just it's really the only place I feel comfortable is up on stage. I'm super socially social anxiety and insecure about myself. But when I'm up there, it's kind of just free flowing. Okay. Um, so storytelling just kind of came natural. And when I started out stand up, I was really just kind of telling dick jokes and just <laughs> shock humor when I was 18, just trying stuff out. Yeah, And I knew I had this ability to tell stories to whatever it was, friends or family or strangers, where these stories would come alive and I would come alive while telling them, but I couldn't relay that uh, uh, on stage when I was so young. So I took a couple years off, probably from like 22 to 26, really just kind of whatever, studied comedy, took in as much as I could, read the books, watched every special I could. And really became a huge comedy nerd and kind of just found out it's okay to bring your voice to stage, all this kind of stuff. And so once I started back up at 26, I just started telling my stories and it started going better. 
Yeah, and I and I think that's the conclusion we kind of well, I mean, the conclusion he came to this uh, Barry Doherty was was talking about how over time cr crowds kind of evolve, and at, at this point in time, or or more recently, crowds have wanted to, you know, get more engaged with the person who's actually on stage, and I kind of liken it to the Nikki Glaser thing with her incredible misdirection, you know. Oh, mm -hmm. so I, so there's a homeless guy, so I fucked him, and I'm like, no, yep. you, did. no you didn't. Three, <laughs> three jokes ago, you were talking about a serious relationship, but then she got into more stuff from her life, like coming of age and trying to figuring out that oh shit, here's some sex things that this guy's gonna expect me to do when I'm you know, my first romantic relationship. And, and right. to me, it just feels more like when you're even at some of these open mics where you have these jaded comics and they've seen mm -hmm. all the misdirection and they've, they're not shocked by anything. Are you finding that they're more attentive to things that are real, even if there's less punchlines in a story than there is in a, you know, stand up punch, stand up punch? Absolutely. And it, it, I think it's a double edged sword, sort of, because now you have this big phenomenon of clapter where people are just clapping yeah. and not laughing because they're agreeing with the story. And I, uh, I wouldn't oh, hate anything more than that. It's just oh, yeah. such fake. But then it, whatever, it fills the room with noise and all the kind of stuff. But yeah, I think people really are, whatever, fiending for personality. That's why podcasts are so popular because it's like a peek into the life of the person that you love. And back in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, you only saw these people, whatever, in a magazine. Or that's why when they were dating somebody, it was the biggest news possible. But now you see their day to day and it, you really get a more total picture of who the person is, I think. Ah, so it's like now because everybody has their own little tribe of fans, you know, Mark Norman can do his little videos of, okay, here's yep. me, here's me dying a, a miserable death at these <laughs> open, at these mics or these shows in the park or whatever. And because he has his little tribe, he's no longer on the, he's not on this real pedestal like people in People Magazine were back in the day. Every little comic has their own little fucking tribe and that yep. little tribe really wants to know everything about you and they don't put you on a pedestal at all. They like you because you're not on that pedestal absolutely and, and the small tribe is a diehard tribe i find yeah. especially in the comedy community that's why it's tough to cancel some of these people because the fans just especially of comedy two <laughs> fans will just always show out they try and cancel rogan every single day his ah. fans are just going to keep showing out yeah, like even during the whole Joey Diaz thing, they're like, Joey Diaz will be fine because he has the church. And I didn't even know what the church was until right. I figured out, like, when he ended the podcast, I was like, oh, that was the church. And yeah. what you're saying is perfectly reasonable. Like, that guy can't be canceled if right. a million people know that guy's backstory and knows that he says these things out of that shit I used to do when I was high or whatever. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And so who's the Sam? Like, when Sam Sherwood has his tribe... What are they going to they're, they're going to know him intimately and what you know, what in your past do you talk about on stage that they're going to be like, oh, man, that could cancel him someday. But I love him <laughs> because he's fought because he's fucking real. Like, right. Is, is so, it the, parent, the child of divorce. Yeah, I think it's that. And I also just think it's my my entire attitude is kind of what's going on. What are we really doing? Are we serious? That's kind of my entire attitude. I, I just look at everything and I'm like, am I the only one who gets it? Yeah. Um, even conspiracies, this, that, food, eating, um, movies. I just look at things and I'm like, is that what you people really like? Yeah. How? How yeah. is that possible? I think, I think it's going to be tough to cancel me in the future because I, I'm not, you know, the king of hot takes or what, the king of <laughs> dark shock humor. I'm just more of, is this really what we're doing here? Yeah, because you can just like a fed up attitude. Yeah, you could ridicule people on uh, like true believers on both sides of every issue. Exactly, exactly. Right. Like any conspiracy, 9-11, Epstein, there's so many different sides and the truth is out there somewhere.
Yeah, as a lawyer, I'm the same way. Like, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died last night. So yeah, R.I.P. Right, the oh, greatest. Oh, yeah. Well, there was fucking, um, you know, I'll have to explore whether or not you were serious about that. But I imagine you are. Because, yeah, most yeah, of the comics no, are, of pro, are, are pro RPG, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Luis Lopez said something like, don't fucking, like, say her acronym like she was a drunk sorority sister. Say her full fucking name. And Alan Allman did something like, what did he say? He goes, uh... Oh my gosh, he had a fucking perfect take on it. But I've been retweeting these things, and it's all over the map. But you know, today you're reading about all the things that you know, you know, the political. You know, I'm a lawyer, so I can see all this fucking shit from the Congress versus executive right. branch versus, you know, politics and how it's going to be a wedge issue for certain things and how it could lead to packing the court or killing the filibuster. And all these things are so fucking nuanced that I probably could ridicule <laughs> things on both sides of this, like. Like really, are do do you really think the court's going to change that much when you know even if he nominates X person, how is how right. are things going to change? Because it's all based on you know the Supreme Court is filling in the blanks for what Congress can do and can't. You know they're reading the law. They're being like, no, the law says this, mm -hmm. and that's why we can't go beyond it. And so if you're an activist judge, you go beyond it and try to fill in the blanks. And if not. If you're like Sorich or whoever the fuck it is, you're like, no, it says this. So although the left wins, it says it because Congress only passed this. So Congress go pass something fucking else. Yeah, and absolutely. so it's, it's, yeah. So I mean, I think there is, you know, I, I guess it's comedy gold because you can take, you know, take the piss out of both sides. So like, let's do the thing on, you know, Epstein. Okay, or, you know, <laughs> let, let's do it. Yeah, let's do Epstein first. And so for for example, for Epstein, Sam Sherwood. Can you take both sides of Epstein? Can you take the the diehard believers or even QAnon, blend them together? You know, the whole, there's this pet, pedophile elite, and of course Epstein was one of them. But yeah. the fact that there's a four billion of them, and they probably include Tom Hanks because he, oh, yeah. he wants to eat babies. But, um, but the fact that, oh yeah, there's not only these pedophile elite who wants to eat babies, but, <laughs> but Trump is the guy who's going to fight that. That's the funny right, part. Right, right. It's the biggest yeah. delusion of all time. Here's the reality on Epstein, and I'll give it to you straight up. Yeah. Epstein was a CIA and Mossad agent, and what they do is they use people in high power as sexual blackmail. So they'll take Epstein, and it's a, it's a beautiful plan. They right. take Epstein, who's this rich, billionaire guy. Right. They'll ship him around to different people, and he just makes friends with them. They don't know who he is. He's right. getting a massage. He says the girl's 18. I'm just getting a massage, honey, that's all it is. And then Jeff comes knocking at your door one day and he has a video of you getting a massage from a 16 year old. Yeah, That's crazy. And yeah. now he's just like, hey buddy, you're voting for this thing and that guy's voting for the thing. And it's not so, because it benefits Epstein, but because you say no, that because he has, it benefits he has the state. Yes, okay. who is just Lane Maxwell, unfortunately. Uh, and so, do uh, we, I mean, so do you actually believe that or is there another side of it that uh, he's not, he no, doesn't that have is, a handler? Um. No, I think he probably is a handler. If you really look into it, Ghislaine's family is so deep in ties with technology and the CIA. Her sisters sell these programs to the Pentagon that have back doors. It's all really, really shady and disgusting stuff. Okay. But it's not anything new. If you read uh, this Nick Bryant book, he talks about uh, the Franklin scandal. It was pretty much the same thing that's going on now in the 50s. Nice. Uh, a high prominent senator in Nebraska got caught with some boys. One of the boys actually escaped. Uh, it's, I think they made a doc about it called Finding Johnny Ghosh or Who Took Johnny, something like that. It's fascinating stuff. And oh, cool. it's just a history on repeat. I mean, not to get too political, but if you look at Trump right now, what he's doing, law and order, all of this stuff, it's taken a page right out of Nixon's book. It's crazy. Oh, sure. Literally sure. the same verbiage, the same pictures. It's yeah. If we don't like look back at history, we're never going to learn. But 
So like, you you know, you're able to kind of dive deep into this stuff and really kind of, um, and that's why you can be cynical about the whole thing. It's like these true believers, they don't have the same grasp of the facts that maybe Sam Sherwood does. And so you can make fun of ignorance on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also comes from being from a child of divorce. I mean, I always go back to that, but it's like, you know, they say never meet your heroes. Well, your parents are your heroes growing up. And when I was seven, my heroes were telling each other they were idiots and shitting on each other. So it's like, it just breaks your reality, honestly. Right. And so, I mean, like, you know, I, I suppose you probably believe the deep state exists and I probably, you know, agree too. you know, with every administration, there's a deep state because Absolutely. There's, ca- there's career officials that want to maintain their power. They, they have all these little fiefdoms. Right. They're always going to be there. But the fact that people think that Trump is actually doing anything to change right. that. That's insane. The reality yeah. of the situation is Trump is just a bat out of hell. That's what he's not anything in the system. Right. It's crazy because, I mean, you see these pictures of Pence and uh, what's his name? Pence and uh, Biden, it was shaking hands the other day on the yeah. 9-11 funeral. Those guys are old buddies, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Meanwhile, and that's Trump doesn't know anything. They probably locked him out. They don't tell him any secrets. None of that. He's an idiot and all that stuff. But he's not in the deep state. He's not political. He's just a guy who tried to get in and they will not give him any answers. He doesn't oh, yeah. know about the aliens. He doesn't know who killed JFK. But all the career politicians 100% know all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, somebody like Biden gets elected, let's say, and how does the deep state interact with Biden? Are they kind of on his side, presuming, is, presuming he starts their wars, et cetera? Right. Yeah, I'm not sure about Biden. I think Kamala Harris is probably the one who is more involved in that deep state kind of stuff. I'm not sure. Biden seems like he's really losing it. I mean, I'm going to vote for him because that's the situation that we're presented with, unfortunately, in this beautiful country where we have two <laughs> options. Yes. Uh, you know, you'd think the great country like ours would have eight options or 10 options, 300 million people. We all have to pick two old white idiots. Well, Sam, but, Sherwood, uh, <laughs> Sam Sherwood's tribe is going to elect him someday. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, other countries have eight eight parties, nine th- options. It's crazy how yeah. we're running on a document from nineteen or seventeen seventy six, yeah. and whatever three hundred years later. But I mean, but all you think- all you could do is look around. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but so you're saying Kamala or whatever? She's a little bit juiced into the tech scene, etc. So she's going to uh, kind of do their bidding. And is that you know are they part of the deep state now? Is big tech part of the part of the deep state? I'm not sure. I know they're trying to, I think so probably, but with AI and all the facial recognition software and what they're putting forward in terms of, you know, trying to predict medical records and trying to predict criminality, it's all very, very scary. Yeah, and so I I suppose it depends on who gets these contracts. You know, it could even be somebody like, you know, if Microsoft gets the contract for tracking certain things or whatever, it's going to, they're necessarily a deep state actor at that point. Right. And also, a thing with these billionaire guys is everyone thinks these guys are lizards or eat the rich, all this kind of stuff. And I do feel, you know, billionaires are disgusting. No one needs that kind of money. But at the end of the day, these guys didn't set up the things to be what they are. Mark Zuckerberg was just trying to rate hot girls at his college. You know what I mean? He wasn't trying (laughs) to create a political propaganda he's he looks on he looks like that in congress because he's just freaking out he doesn't know what's going on he's like where am i so i i feel for him and i hate him at the same time it's a double-edged sword really (laughs) and so yeah what's the you know the comedy product that is sam sherwood is it going is there any kind of conspiracy theories that you can spin into a loyal following with comedy gold where they're like let's see what sam sherwood has to say about this like are you doing any kind of um 
you know, commenting on this kind of stuff in your online videos, like, you know, you know, whatever stories come out at Sam Sherwood underscore, whatever tweets come out at Sam Sherwood underscore, like, can we expect that you're going to kind of reveal things about the deep state that people haven't, you know, they haven't seen the documentary about the guy. In right. The Absolutely. Any, anything that comes out, I'm on there giving my take, whatever it is, always the hottest take, the freshest conspiracies you could find there. And when this podcast comes out, it's going to, it's going to be a big part of it because, I don't know what led to it, but for some reason I found myself just getting more and more into this niche of being like, it's just crazy when you start to realize everything and then we're just supposed to walk around like everything is all right. Like I'm unemployed right now. I can't get a job. There's conspiracies going on. <laughs> How am I supposed to work in an office when 9-11 was maybe planned? How am I supposed to do anything? <laughs> it's just too much for me. I can't handle it. Truly. It it's uh, so really, I mean, does it kind of lead to a little bit of helplessness when you find out that the that there's puppet masters out there? Absolutely. Helplessness and just general sadness, honestly, general no hope for the future. But that's also almost beautiful because it lends me an even bigger perspective in wanting to do comedy, because it's like if everything is fake, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I'm sure it'll all work out or not. It is what it is. <laughs> We're just out here on the earth trying to chill, and it is what it is. That's my big thing. Just taking it easy and not listening to anyone but yourself. Dude, I fucking love that, dude. The person with the unique perspective that's going to have his own tribe is Sam Sherwood, <laughs> who is Sam Sherwood underscore at both Twitter and Instagram. Tra track to Instagram because although he doesn't post as much yet, he will, you know, post his shit via the stories. And hopefully, when can we look out for that Twitch, that Twitch content of you playing video games for 12 hours? Uh, something in the next couple of months. I'm really, I really am working on the design. I want to get the artwork right and all that kind yes. of stuff. But by the end of the year, I'll be putting out some type of video podcast every week. Dude, I can't wait to see it. You're a dude. You got all the conspiracies. <laughs> you, you can let us know which conspiracies are, are real and fake. Yep, I got you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> He's got you, Sam Sherwood. Thank you so much. Thank you, my man.